I wrote this essay about, okay, so Madame Bovary was by Gustave Flaubert, and a lot of people have to read it in high school. And I talked to, like, book people, and I'd be like, I've written this other essay about his uh, book, Temptation of St. Anthony, because it's way better. It's about monsters. But, like, <laughs> nobody has read it. Um, right. Even though Flaubert is, like, almost, like, standard reading in high school or college, like, so many people have read that book and not enjoyed it. Right. But it's, like, one step away, and it's just, like, even people whose, like, whole job is reading books, they cannot keep track of it, you know? So it's, whereas if you say, I'm going to do a podcast about, like, anime, there's only so much anime, in, you know what I mean? Especially, like, within the last 20 years, and everybody's seen what's ever on Netflix, and everyone's seen Akira, and so you, you know what the person's talking about and you can follow them along because right. there's more shared stuff. But I guess also with genres or like types of media that have only existed for, you know, a certain amount of decades or whatever. And then growing up, we all played the same SNES games when they came out at the same time. Maybe, right. you know, after 100 years, once there's 100 years of games. But I guess with something like video games or anime or whatever, the technology is also changing. So people are less likely to go back and play like everyone is always going to have more of like a common sort of knowledge of what's going on because maybe in like you're going to go back and read the classics. Maybe people are not going to go back and play the classic video games in 50 years or whatever. They might play like Joust and like, right. you know, like the popular ones, but I don't think they'll play like Balloon Fight. Right. I'm playing Earthbound right now. You ever play that? No. What's that? Came out in 94 and it's sort of like a, it's a Final Fantasy style JRPG mm -hmm. that is pretty much just written by one guy and yeah. it's the director's sort of like take on what it probably is like to live in North America <laughs> and it's really 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 well written it's really funny it's kind of like up there with Final Fantasy 3 and with Chrono Trigger is it like that style with like giant heads like what what does it look like it looks like Final Fantasy 3 meets like a children's coloring book but there's no random encounters the way that other role-playing games do. Like, you see the creatures so you can avoid them and stuff. Yeah. But I got it because I saw there's a guy that I follow on Instagram who writes, and he just wrote a book about that video game. Like, the guy's a poet. He self-published a bunch of books on poetry and some essays and stuff, and then he wrote a book on this video game, and I'm really interested to see how a poet would write a full-size book about one video game. But I figured I wanted to actually play the game through again first before I get into it. Yeah, the guy who is co-writing the, like, most recent D&D &D thing I did is a poet. Like, he works in a fucking biscuit factory, literally. But he he writes this D&D &D stuff, which is just, um, like, phenomenally involved. All that stuff is, you know, it's poetry. It's all, like, conflicts and dragons. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Earthbound looks kind of like Lunar. Lunar, I know that name, but I can't Lunar is, like, a Final Fantasy three style... I know it because when my mom got me my PlayStation when I was in college or grad school, Lunar came with it. Okay. Uh, Lunar Silver Star Story. And then Mandy has now played it a couple times because it's the only one we had for a while. It's oh, yeah, I'm looking at it. Yeah, it looks like Earthbound, but a lot better. There's a dude who's making new ones. Is he doing, like, using RPG Maker, or is he... I don't know how he's making them, but he's making, like, these indie games, which are, like super surreal Pee-wee's Playhouse, like just freak show stuff, but yeah. using the format of those kinds of JRPGs. Okay, it's called Hylix, H-Y-L-I-C-S. It looks like somebody has taken Mac Paint and like just made 
insane, weird oh, wow. monsters out of MAC paint. Yeah. Holy fuck, this is weird. It sort of looks like um, that British sketch group. Python? Oh, okay. Yeah, Mighty Python, the, the guy who does the art in that, the collage work. Well, this is really fucking weird looking. When did this come out? I guess in the last couple of years, like this year, last year, like he's in the whole indie game scene. It's definitely like, like that's like a really like, you know, they make their own shit. Like there are a lot of times like smaller than, you know, officially released games. You yeah, know. It's, it's a small team. It's like basically like one guy, I think. But it looks fucking awesome. I, I think th- that's good too. Like playing an RPG about halfway through, I sort of just wish it would end. <laughs> like I think that like too long, you know? Yeah, I think... I'm surprised you never got into Final Fantasy. For some reason, I figured it was something that, that you would have grown, grown up with. Like, I don't like playing solo games that much, even if I like the games. I like how they look. Like, I'm working, and my work is solo by myself. And so when I'm not working, I try really hard to not be by myself. Right. I think that's good. I'm trying to play around with the idea of, like, if it would be interesting and fun to make some type of RPG, you know, with my art and have some type of gallery show based around it and see if that would be something that people would like to see or if it would just, I'm not sure. That's why I'm playing a bunch of old RPGs right now and trying to find things about it that I could try to transfer over to some type of show. I don't know. I mean, what I've learned is if you want to do something, you should do it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 